Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hi. I'm just a bit um annoyed with the the capitalist system. So on a light note, I actually wanted to show some love to the Mali community because I feel like week after week you all really come through and your messages make our weeks. I always share any like personal messages or any tweets and stuff with the whole team. Um, so I wanted to. It's the highlight of my day when you do that. Yeah, it honestly is. Um, so one person, uh, she's on Twitter called Retweetivist, and she said, after listening to a couple of Amalia tweets podcast episodes, my mind is on auto mode, categorizing whatever that comes to mind as underrated or overrated. Good. And I said, I mean, it's a pretty efficient way to live. <laughs> um, and do you want to read that one? Yeah. So I'm going to read a tweet from at Gracie Peng on Twitter. And she agrees with that tweet. And she says, I'm loving the podcast. I'm a Christian, but there is so much to relate to and identify with. Love and blessings to you all. That's lovely. I went to an event the other day and I had this, um, I'm going to say sister, follow me out. And she was like, not follow me out. Follow we me out, you know. Not, not follow me out, but we were leaving together. And she was like, I just want to say I love Amalia. And she was talking about the 12 things I can't reconcile as a Muslim woman piece. And she like, I'm a Christian. But it was really interesting to read that piece and I engaged with a lot of your content. So I was like, damn, like people mm. of the book, like, hello, <laughs> salam, hello, peace. Um, someone also DM'd me about us talking about miscarriages last week and she said, thank you. It was a long message, I'll just read a part of it. And she said, um, it's become... I wanted to get in touch after listening to the Mali Voices podcast on my drive home today. Um, it's become one of my favourite things to listen to. Thank you for speaking about miscarriages today. It's such a taboo subject that even those who've been through it can't speak about it openly and freely, or maybe that's a personal thing too. On top of the incredible pain and physical symptoms, as well as medical procedures, it is the loss of life and the dealing with a very real but invisible grief. And... Um, she also said something that gave me solace is the hadith I think it's a hadith sorry I don't have the reference is what she said that children who have died before puberty go straight to Jannah and are looked after by Prophet Ibrahim until the day of Qiyam when they bring their parents into when they bring their parents into Jannah and that includes babies who were never born to at any age not saying that I have a free pass to Jannah lol but it's something deep Allah knows the pain and that it's a real loss please share this with your listeners in case someone went or is going through it and doesn't know this but please keep me anonymous thank you thank you so much Um, I'll make it easy for you all I mean I mean I thought you said it was a light note. Oh, oh. sorry. 
Salam everyone, Sarah here. I'm recording at White City Pod today with Selena and Nafisa for another overrated, underrated session. Um, For those who don't know, it works like this. Uh, The girls are challenged to each bring three topics they'd like to unpack and possibly debate as being either overrated or underrated and then leave it for public scrutiny. Uh, even the most mundane of subjects give way to often layered and useful perspectives. So, Selena, you're mm. up first this week. Let's go. Three overrated, please. My first overrated is <laughs> something that I used to have, yeah. And it's this phrase. And I've started observing people when you give them advice and this phrase comes out. And I think it's, it's they're hiding behind it because I used to hide behind it. And that also... What does that mean? That that goes into all or nothing mentality. And what really happens is it makes you default to nothing. Mm. Because wow. the all, the all, if you want to, give me an example of something. So you want to, I don't know, at least 5K, a five, yeah. five stone, mm-hmm. right? Your all, what is your, what is your example of all? Training every day, going to the gym, yeah. all of this, go, 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 going hard. Yeah. That all is quite impossible. Yeah. So what Especially is the, what based is your on other where you're option? at now. Yeah. Based on where you are at now, yeah. the all you have already made impossible. Yeah. And now your option is nothing. Mm. That's all true. Or nothing. You're yeah. not giving yourself the best chance. And there's a middle ground between all or nothing. There's something. Mm. Yeah. You can do something yeah. for that day, mm. something for that week. And I actually, as I was thinking about the idea, I also thought about it. When you read this, you realise actually all or nothing doesn't exist in Islam. Mm. Something exists. The concept of doing something. And doing it with Ihsan. Oh, and doing it with Ihsan. Yeah. So whoever sees it evil, let her change it with her hand. If she cannot, then let her change it with her tongue. If she could not, then let her change it with her heart. And that is um, the weakest of faith. Mm. So that hadith essentially is saying is do something even if it's feeling it with your heart, right? Mm. Do something. How interest did you change it to her? Yeah, I always do. It depends who I'm talking to. Because I'm our listeners are mainly That's interesting. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. Really? You? Yeah. Well if I say him, who else is our majority oh. of listeners are Oh, I was gonna I could have changed it to them. Mm. It's interesting you picked up on that. I was just wondering if that's bit that or not. Look but let know. her <laughs> She fully crossed out. And wrote her. <laughs> it was a conscious, yeah. But uh, moving on. <laughs> Can I just take my jacket off? Yeah. Just stripping. So do something, yeah. Do something. Do you get it, guys? Yeah, yeah I do. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot, but also, like, the kind of all that's reported these days, especially we were, we're like, linking back to those conversations we had about millionaire mindset. Your all is really glamorised these yeah. days. It's an unrealistic expectation to have of yourself. All. You can pursue all, but mm. it's a pursuit and it's a journey. It's not an instant. Yeah. It's not an instant thing you achieve. And, you know, as cliche it sounds, it's all in the journey, right? Yeah. You being able to run five minutes to ten minutes to fifteen minutes to, as Nafisa did the other day, what was it? 60K. 60K? Just a little congrats out here. This was somebody who had ne- is not like a... <laughs> Just waving at a fan outside the podcasting booth. <laughs> Hello, Phil. <laughs> He's walking away. Um, yeah, and this was somebody who you had never really sat on a cycle. Um, so, yes, that was my first overrated. I don't know if you want to add anything to it. I had a thought, but it's gone. Dropping that stupid philosophy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so what I was going to say is I remember reading ages ago that someone was like, 
don't not do something because it's going to take too much time because mm-hmm. the time will pass anyway. Mm-hmm. And so even if it's not all, do something, like move forward slowly. Even if you're like creeping forward, if you creep for two years, at the end of two years, you'll be somewhere. You'll be somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I finished a marathon. Yeah. I finished half a marathon, yeah. Just to let you did know, you? I, did, I did the ha- yeah. Hackney Half. We did half. the Hackney Half last year. And, you know, I wasn't running, I'll be honest. <laughs> I wasn't really walking. Uh, pedestrians are overtaking me. That's how bad it got near the last few miles. You know, I, I, with the last... Tell them about the finish line. I will. <laughs> and then near the... the la- I remember I was like, oh, I'm nearly halfway there. And I saw a guy walking back with his medal and a cup of coffee walking into his house. <laughs> and I was like, did you finish? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, is there much to go? And he's like, oh, you've got a little bit. <laughs> and I came last. I came last. No, no, like, but... No, 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 no. Look... <laughs> she says she came last year. Mm. She came last in the finishing time. So there were people that weren't oh my in the finish. And like they were sure? clearing up. Yeah, you because they have a cutoff point, right? If you don't make it within a certain number of hours, everyone's going home. Huh? So they kind of just say, babes, look, you, you kind of need to sit out okay. now. So she was last in the finishing time. And also what I also say is you were ahead of the people sitting on the sofa. She uh-huh. had cameras following her. But you should have seen the final stretch. If I can get you the video, it was amazing. Um, so that was my first overrated. What do you think, guys? Oh, that was very powerful. All right, I'm coming yes, for another I concept. Your, I was going to say, I see you're coming with concepts this week. Yeah, 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 this one's yeah, one yeah coming hard. Yeah. Um, so in the next one, I don't think everyone's going to like it. No. But there's a sentence that people say when they're giving advice or when they're consoling someone, yeah? You're not even going for concepts, you're going for sentences. <laughs> <laughs> they're common sentences. And when I when I hear somebody say it, I'm like, no, that's not good advice. Okay. That's not good advice? As long as you're happy, that's all that counts. Yeah, no, this this is not Islamic. And it's it's not, you know, it's, it's not. It's not, it's not Islamic. Not. The point of our existence is not to be happy. And I think that sentence is whack because some decisions they're not going to initially make you happy. Yeah. Is it really going to make you happy to run every morning? If I said to you, you need to start running for your health mm. every morning, initially mm. it's not going to make you happy, mm. right? Mm-hmm. To wake up, it's getting darker now. Initially, it's not actually going to make you happy, right? Wait, what's that? Wait, the sentence back. is, mm-hmm. as long as you're happy, that's all that counts. Oh, okay. No, it yeah, totally overrated. If you're disobeying your Lord, that's not happiness. Your, your whole life is not about your nafs. It's not. And I, I hear people say that sentence a lot as in... <laughs> In circles of advice, and I'm like, that's yeah, not no. good advice, you know. That otherwise, you're just gonna please your nafs constantly yeah. and consistently. Yeah. You're just gonna say, oh well, I feel happy eating the donut, <laughs> so I'm gonna eat a donut every day. And yeah. before you know it, you're like a lot of a lot of weight, and you're not happy. Is it, body shaming. There's a difference between happy and instant gratification as well. It's just about reframing what these things. I would be mean. happy to go and uh, I don't know, blow my money and spend my money on a holiday right now. But mm. is that really a good? You might be happy now, but not when you come back. Sensible yeah. decision, yeah. exactly. So, I just think that's really overrated. Sometimes you have to do difficult things yeah. Yeah. to get to the next step. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and initially, I don't think it is. It it will make you happy. I also think if your heart isn't cleansed, what you see as happy wavers significantly. Yeah. Like it, I think like for us, especially in Islam, we put so much emphasis on the condition of your heart and the state of your heart and intentions. And so if you're always being guided by what makes you happy, you're also in part being guided by the state of your heart. Yeah. Mm. 
So the, the, my next overrated is it's a bit complex because I'm still trying to work it out. And, I'm tri- and I think as we all are, we're trying to find our voice. Mm-hmm. You know, Amali exists for that exact reason. We are here to amplify the voices of Muslim women, not, not give, because the voices already exist, right? And mm-hmm. we're literally just bringing a mic and be like, look, here's a platform, we've built it. Speak, shout, cry, mm-hmm. do whatever you want on the platform. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to the mainstream, there's a space for us as well. Mm-hmm. And our voice is important there. But I think we're coming to a point where we need to start looking at why our voices are being used mm. or how we're using our own voice mm-hmm. and who is using our voice. Yeah. And fundamentally, some of the key decision makers of high-profile platforms, newspapers, whatever it might be, is is somebody who's writing for a, a different gaze, yeah? And they're looking for different things that are going to rile up the audience, you know, entertain the audience as well. And I feel like sometimes I've come across articles, not recently, but uh, I've come across articles and I feel like, wow, you really did that to us. Like, As in like, wow, who are you writing for? Yeah, who are you writing for? And... The thing is, talk about culture. Talk about how you're brought up. Talk about your experiences. Don't exploit it. Mm. Don't exploit us. Can you, That's the thing. Can you unpack what that means, to exploit it? So I, I feel like the overarching thing is exploiting your identity for mainstream platforms. Yeah. It's purely a form of entertainment and not education. So how does that look? Does that look at, so like, sometimes like it's bashing sh- it's your... Over, it's, it's sharing a lot of trauma and a lot of the wrong right. and a lot of the problems. Without I guess a balance. In a culture, yeah, without mm. a balance. Do you know what? I feel, do you feel like an example of this would be... So a couple of weeks ago, Malia published a piece called 12 Things I Struggle to Reconcile as a Muslim Woman. Do you feel like an example would be that being published on a mainstream platform? Because how, how do you draw that balance between actually this person wants an outlet, wants to talk about these things, and you're saying don't talk about it? So what are they, is it the fact that they're talking about on the wrong it's platforms? It's difficult or? because on that, on that specific piece... How would you feel if that was posted on a mainstream publication? I reckon you would think that there was less likelihood that that mainstream publication so would also like come forward with what Amalia are intending to do, which is a balanced argument, right? So you have that argument, mm. well, you have the 12 things piece, but you also have an, uh, another approach that kind of goes in tandem with it, but it's just a different perspective. Whereas with a mainstream publication, they're less likely to give you like multiple perspectives on the topic. And with us, there was a careful consideration to the point where we have temporarily made the article unavailable. Um, so do you, so to understand this, do you feel like it is If you're more only investigating your culture and your people to, I don't want to use the word sell out, but if you're just mining us yeah. to, for the gays, for the white gays, yeah. and to entertain, then it's problematic. But what would you say to people who say actually I'm doing it because me writing on that platform is a bigger platform to reach more voices and more people. Mm. That's fine. If you're consistently doing it, there's a problem. Consistently doing what? Consistently just that is your only narrative. You're only coming from that that space. Why? Because I don't think there's enough of a balance at the moment. But is that their fault? You have now been given the pen and you are a scribe, right? Yeah. 
and you have some ownership now. And the thing is, it is a difficult balance because what I wrote down as well yeah. is, uh, you know, can I read it what I wrote? Yeah. So I think it, what, what it is essentially, what is our culture being reduced to, number one? And you know, when you, you see the culture. Okay, fine. Yeah. Anyone's parents have a tub of flour in the fridge with curry in it. It's the bait one, right? And then hashtag Jenna requests. I get it. We want to share things and we want to write and we want to talk about our culture. It's a time where we've never been able to share. Mm. And there's beauty in that, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the balance is slightly tipped. And why can't I come on and talk about Harry Potter? Why can't I write about other things, right? As a woman of colour. And I, the thing is, it's, it's specifically POC mm. because the people who are making de decisions, if I come forward and say, I want to write with Harry Potter, about Harry Potter, they'll probably come to me and look at my bio and be like, well, actually, could you write about... I hear you. I, I, hear, I hear you. Have a, do you know what? I've, I've, I had a moment where I changed my thinking about this, and which is why I'm probing you in terms of questions. So mm. one day I was reading... Because it's hard because you're navigating. Because yeah. the recent piece yeah. we just read, yeah, the one we just yeah, read yeah. in the office, I thought it was quite beautiful that she was talking about Islam yeah. on this publication. Yeah. I mean, the topic, yeah, it's, it's a topic that's a bit contentious, etc. Yeah. But I was like, wow, she quoted from the Quran yeah. on this platform. Yeah. But don't you feel like that's because our standards are so low? That's why we're like, wow. I mean, this piece was quite complex. Because um, for me, like one day I was reading, I think it was... The newspaper insert that comes with I don't know which newspaper it was right but they have a magazine insert yeah and I'm reading through reading through reading through and I come across this article and the title of the article is written by this guy and the title of the article was something along the lines of why it bothers me that my uber rating is below 4.5 yeah and then I read the article he's a passenger I don't yeah, use he's Uber. a passenger. <clears throat> I don't use Uber, it's overrated. Um, yeah, he's a passenger. <laughs> and um, he was basically saying how he got into the Uber and the driver said, do you cancel trips often? And he was like, no. And he was like, have you ever vomited in an Uber? And he was like, no. And he was like... Can I get to my destination, please? He's like, do you make your drivers wait for a long time? <clears throat> and he's like, no. And he's like, why are you asking all these questions? And he was like, because your rating as a, for a passenger is quite low, it's 4.5. What is it out of? Five. Okay. And then he's sitting there going, I thought that was like quite high. It's out of five. I'm at four. It was like 4.5 or 4.6 or something. I thought like 4.67 are really hard to yeah, get to. Well, but for a passenger, remember, okay. as a passenger, how much wrong we are you We should run an doing? experiment. And then... Um, He's basically unpacking and then he goes into his office and he starts asking like, oh, what's your Uber rating to his like <laughs> colleagues? And they're all like, oh, 4.8, oh, 4.9. And then he's like, wow, like the guy was right, yeah? And then he starts like going down this whole little part. It's like a whole one page in the magazine, yeah? And he writes this essay. And I just sat there and I was, and I was like, rah, this guy's got paid to write about the fact that his Uber rating is 4 point something. Can I ask, was he a person of colour? No. But I was, and the but. I was like, you know what? I can write about anything. Mm. I can write about whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Like, I should be... like, And then another one... But then one, on the same breath, do that. What? Write about anything you want. Yeah, but... Don't but confine what if, yourself yeah, to a Yeah, but what if the want is that? But I think this is the thing. You're imposing what is their intention. That's what I think it is. Like, if... And I think part of it is because we haven't had access to platforms, I see it as a spectrum of, like, we start... 
with it being very related to our identity. We establish ourselves and then we talk about everything and anything. Mm. And that's not necessarily always imposed on us as, as from the editors of these publications. I think it's because we've never, ever had the chance to just explore, just mm. explore whatever topic we want. And the one that feels closest to home is our identity. Yeah. And I feel like that really changed my perception of what is written. And mm. I was like, actually... Maybe I'm sitting in a point of privilege. Maybe. Or a perspective of bridge where I'm like, actually, you can write about anything yeah, you want. Yeah, there you go. Why can't a Muslim woman write about Harry Potter yeah. and her, you know, her her experience at the theatre, yeah. or write about why she loves ballet, or yeah. you know, perhaps yeah. And this is the thing, I'm still navigating this. Yeah. And I think there's there is a balance. Mm-hmm. I just, if we continue to just see mm-hmm. those pieces mm-hmm. about how bad our cultural upbringing was, mm-hmm. I know. It's but a lot of them are celebratory. The one with the floor, the one you're saying, journal request floral top. I mean, that was they're not made up. Yeah, but yeah. I can imagine it being a piece, right? But they're not. I don't imagine they're going to write it saying anything negative. It's more like a nostalgic reflection of upbringing, and I think part of it is that, you know, like. My, I wish my 10-year-old self knew I could write for a mainstream publication talking about my Uber rating being 4.7 or 4.6 or 4.5 because it opens up options. It opens up, actually, you can do whatever you want. Mm. You know, like, it just... It makes it... Like, today, Sarah was telling me that... So, basically, brands have to pay... In-store brands, like shops, have to pay, pay a copyright fee to pay, play music in their stores. And Sarah was like, the way Superdrug gets around that is they create their own covers of songs. So they have like a studio. (laughs) Well, is that cheaper? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, rah, like, you can really be anything you wanna be. Like, if you wanna be a singer for Superdrug, you can be a singer for Superdrug. Wow, can you imagine? You know what I mean? And I I think like part of it is like we Don't tell you we don't give you career advice. (laughs) (laughs) And I think there's something around that of like us at like I never knew that I could be a journalist and I knew that no that sounds really stupid but it just didn't feel like an accessible path because when you're looking at mainstream media publications and not seeing yourself you're like oh yeah that's not for me I understand where you're coming from I understand where you're coming from as well I get it (laughs) but I I think actually a lot of this comes from a place of never having a platform and then wanting to use it to document and celebrate and talk about heritage but I also understand where you're coming from in terms of some people using that identity to really exploit and never pass the mic as well. Never yeah. pass the mic, yeah. 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 That's, that's it. All right, Naf, can I get you all three overrated, please? Okay, my first overrated is Diversity Month. So I diversity can't believe month. this. Yeah, so Diversity Month is being proposed to replace Black History oh Month. I mean, gosh. a lot of a lot of people are trying to do it, and so Who's one. Who's a lot of people? Organizations. So are there people of cut? Uh-huh. So um, Wandsworth Libraries um, basically introduced Black History Month as Diversity <laughs> Month instead. I saw that. Um, and. Uh, so that I'm going to keep this one quite tight and quite short because I think it's self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, but my thing is like, why is it when Black History Month comes around, everyone wants to start piping up and doing like their All Lives Matter dance? And you know, it just for me, you have 11 months to think about this, <laughs> but you want to pipe up in Black History Month. Why do you need Black History Month? Why can't we have da da da? What about this history? What about that? If you really care, set it up. And this is the thing, you don't care enough. You just care that black people are getting a month. Yeah. Mm. You don't actually care about you getting a month. You just want to deny them their month. Um, 
And so one of my friends, she started a Twitter account recently and it's called Black Girl at Work. And she basically documents microaggressions of her Is this who I think it is? Yeah, I told her. I was like, you need an outlet. I mean, someone touched her hair. Yeah, and she she was saying, she was like, this is when I realised that HR needs people of colour because she was like, how petty do I sound going to HR saying someone touched my hair? Yeah. You know? But, yeah, so... um, one of the she she one of the things she tweeted was she was like someone at work asked why we need black history month and she turned around and said name me two historic moments in black history that aren't slavery and he just he said nothing she went point proven <laughs> and i thought it was quite good um and my other thing is like i i personally don't appreciate being lumped together with like oh these are all minorities let's lump them together into one month like we're different we're yeah. all very different um and something that Io said ages ago I think in a in a post that always sticks with me is we are not minorities we're actually the global majority yeah I just don't appreciate how everyone wants to pipe up now and how everyone wants to lump us together and that is my first overrated what, what's their dis- like what's their disclaimer what is what's their explanation for I wanting don't know, to promote I don't care. Di- I don't diversity, care. I don't care. they don't recognise. That's what it is. They, yeah, they don't recognise. In Wandsworth, mm. what's your second one? My second one is glamorous work perks. Because you went to Google the other day. Yeah. Okay, go on. So, Glamour's, Just like Google. <laughs> this is also to the graduates. Those of you listening, you know, you're looking at job descriptions, you're seeing the benefits package. You're walking into a big, big office. Big, big office, <laughs> shiny new suit, all of these <laughs> things, right? So, this, okay, let me unpack it. Are you, you ready for this? We're coming for um, capitalism. <laughs> no, no, I'm coming to help you live your best life. That's what I'm coming to do. So, glamorous work perks. What I mean by this is... Learn to read the lines between a job description. Yeah, so I'm saying. Did you say that right? Yeah. Learn to read, read the lines between. Okay. Learn to read between the lines in a job description. Oh, what do you mean? Okay, so what I mean is, for you graduates out there, I need you to realize, yeah, that these companies have a lot of money to market to you. That's what they're doing. They're marketing to you. They're saying, "Hey, young sheep." Come to us and we will give you... Yeah? And here's the thing, right? Do not get enamoured and, like, starry-eyed because you read a job description and in the benefits package it says you'll get a company car, you'll get to travel, you'll get a allowance every month of whatever, you'll get free breakfast in the morning, you'll get a company phone and blah, 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 blah. Listen... What you need to realise is you're getting a lot of these benefits because it is damn hard to do that job and it's really hard to get through without these benefits. And you need to really question, do I want the job and do I want to do what the job is asking of me or do I want the benefits? It's not a job though, it's a life. Yeah, exactly. And and I think like I think a lot of us tell ourselves like, oh, but it's good money. I can get through it. I can just do it for a year. And, and I've don't got get gym me... membership. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong if that's your thinking go for it i'm not here to stop you but i personally believe that very few people are motivated solely by money Mm. and very quickly you will just feel like you you need to be doing more or Mm. you want more out of your life Mm. and i say and you know i did go to google the other day you know it's amazing it's like seven floors and they've got this canteen it's like whole food core and they got like 
It's uh, basically Whole Foods when you walk in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got a gym and everything like that. And I was walking around and I'm and I had lunch there. I ate. It was, <laughs> it was flipping nice, you know. Like, and the thought of not ever having to spend lunch money and have this like buffet of food is brilliant. Yeah. And then I'm getting the elevator down and I see everyone running on their treadmills <laughs> at lunchtime and getting their gym workout in, which is probably free or like hugely subsidized, right? And then I was like, I was talking to Selena about it and I was like, wow, it's like they're raising cattle. Yeah, it's a bit surreal. When you were explaining yeah. it to me, it's like it's almost as if, as if they've transferred people's lives yeah. into Google completely. They never need to leave. They need yeah. to do more to retain you. Yeah, that's the thing. It's about retention. It's about they, it costs them money if they have a high churn. Right, yeah. it costs them money if people are constantly leaving. Therefore, they've done the maths of actually, if we spend this much per employee sure. into perks, it means sure. we retain them more mm. versus the cost it costs to rehire. Because to hire someone, it, you know, you're doing like three rounds of interviews, you've got screening applications, you've got onboarding, you've got all the questions you have to answer when they start with you, blah, 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 blah. And blah. effectively, they're your best runners. Yeah. And if you want your athletes, <laughs> you know, I'm going to refer to, to people as athletes. Or your best cows. Your, you know, I don't want to say cows. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say athletes. They need to be healthy, mm. mentally, physically yeah. fit. They need to be fulfilled. They need to be, that word again, happy, <laughs> you know, or feel like yeah. somebody is looking after them. To perform the best. Yeah. And you know what? On a micro level, yeah, yeah. I say it to my team. Yeah. In the sense of, I want you to look after yourself so yeah. you are the best for your own life. Yeah. And you bring your best to your Yeah, don't get me wrong. It, it makes sense. But just just know that, like, you need to actually want to do the job. Like, one of my friends... Count, with, like, counter-argument. If yeah. we see someone who's working at Amani eating donuts every day, will we pull them up? Yeah. Why? Because you're going to end up slumping and just being an idiot. <laughs> So it's a choice of like whether we, you would prefer that as opposed to having all the resources necessary to kind of well, providing all of these like clinical solutions almost, right? Like I, I, my friend calls it the golden handcuffs. They've cuffed you in, but right. it's a nice treatment. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't go and work for Google. Go work for Google. Do your best. You live your best life. Do everything. What I'm talking is is wider than this. It's about knowing that. When you're looking, and I'm talking to graduates because yeah. you're 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 getting your foot into the door, you're getting your foot on the ladder. Just don't get enamoured. Basically, don't believe the hype. All right. Mm. So what's the especially for what's graduates? The then what's the alternative? Yeah. Like really, like talk to talk to the people in the roles or in the roles previously. Look on LinkedIn. What does the job actually require of you? Mm. Like currently, my one of my friends is leaving her workplace because yeah. she's like the benefits the benefits package is great, but she was like I'm just in glorified admin and that's not what I wanted so to that's, do. So is that what you mean by the job is hard? It's it's hard. hard it's hard in different ways. So for one of my friends, it's hard because the hours are just ridiculous. A lot long, of it right? is expected of you. Yeah, and she's like, oh, do you right. know what? I can't even use the benefits because it's so I long. Wow. And uh, yeah. And then another one is it's it's not hard. It's just it's soulless mm. and it's not something she wants to do. Right? I feel like that drives a lot of people right up until middle age when they mm. have that like that awakening. That drives make some yeah. decisions like, oh, what have I? I think there is also that you can and it, oh, it's hard this one. So you can, I think, you know what, work for these big places. Yeah, do it. There's with a, lot a purpose of and an understanding. Like I've worked in the corporate world, but I always had, and this was before I started practicing, that I would learn as much as I could. Yeah. 
learn, 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 whatever position I was in, whatever department, yeah. and then apply it to, I always had this plan that I was going to do something else or, yeah. you know, the learnings of it, I could apply somewhere else. Yeah. You know, you ba- they bang on about transferable skills, transferable <laughs> skills at school. And I was like, all right, I'm going to pick up all these transferable skills. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, it's brought me to this day where, you know, I, I, I run Amalia with Nafisa, yeah. Alhamdulillah, and a wonderful team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there did come a time where, okay, I've I've gathered all the skills that I want to and I can't stay in that space anymore. Mm. I know when to work purposefully. Yeah, I want to be clear. Like, this isn't me saying don't go work for big corporates, don't work for, for big jobs. Because I think the tra- also on the flip side, the resources and trainings, training they have is great. But what I'm saying is be really mindful of like, are you going for this job because of the hype or are you going because you genuinely want to do that? And honestly, if you want to go for the hype, go for the hype. But know that's what you're going for. Yeah. I know your company car is tracked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you're laughing. <laughs> I worked in an organisation, yeah. <laughs> so um, my third one... Is so when you're saying you got in at nine and went to bed, but really you got in. <laughs> right, my third one overrated is being apolitical. So no, I'm not going to say anything. The Collins Dictionary defines being apolitical as being politically neutral, without political attitudes, content, or bias. What right? does that What does that look like for you now? Like I cannot imagine. I don't think I've ever come across somebody who's apolitical. Have you seen it? You've never had someone say that. Political, interesting. But then I live in a hole. So, (laughs) Um, so the reason I this came up was because someone messaged me and said that they essentially took issue with an article that we published on Amalia, and they said that the reason they took issue with with it was because they thought Amalia was apolitical. And they said they took issue. A lot happens at Amali behind the scenes. (laughs) Honestly. Um, Yeah, so they took issue with it because they were like, I was under the impression that Amali was apolitical. No. Joking jokes. (laughs) And my response was that when we write under Amalia Rights, Mm. we are objective, we are reportive, and that's not a place for anyone's opinions. It's just reporting what has happened. Yeah. However, when our writers or contributors are writing an article or a piece, they are free to write what they want as long as the usual disclaimers don't incite hate, blah, 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 blah. And I found it, like, for me, it's inherently a lot of things are political, right? Right. More than you realise. Yeah, like, your consumer decisions are political. Your Where you work is political. What you do is political. How you spend your free time is political. Where you volunteer is political. Like, all of these things are political. And one of the things, um, so Selena was on a panel ages ago and it was about mental health. Mm. And this is when I realised the extent of where, wow. how things are, I'm how political things are. I'm just telling people about self-care and how so to... <laughs> so the question yeah. was about self-care, right? Yeah. And like, how do you practice self-care? Mm. Mali Buatia, mashallah sister, so articulate. She comes on the... Pa- everyone's going, yeah, so self-care is this and self-care is that. And da-da-da-da. the normal things you think you'd hear about, yeah. <laughs> 
And then Malia goes, well, for Muslims, actually, self-care um, is a political thing. I'm paraphrasing, by the way, so don't quote me on this. And she's like, you know, it's very hard for Muslims. We're talking about self-care, but we need to talk about self-care in the context of policies and the government. She Taking was like, funding away. Yeah, she was like, when funding is being taken away and that's affecting minorities and Muslims that have less access to get um, access to mental health services. She was like, and if some Muslims are accessing health services, they're more likely to be reported under certain duties and certain policies and you know she she took self-care there you know yeah. she she said that she is a political thing yeah. like when we're talking about access to mental health services that comes under self-care and so I I feel like the whole um apolitical is it I just do you think that there's a lot of things that are being over politicized and that's pushing people into a corner where they just For sure. And this is the thing. I feel like there's a nuance around this as there are with all of our conversations. So I actually put on my Instagram stories earlier this morning. Mm. Do you think you can be apolitical? 35% said yes. 65% said no. And then I said, are you apolitical? 18% said yes. And 82% said no. And I had two messages that I want to read out out to show the nuance of this, to Mm -hmm. show what context I'm talking about. Because I'm not saying anyone that says that apolitical is, you know... Yes. I don't know what word to say. I'm not saying there's a problem with any everyone saying mm. that apolitical is what I'm trying to say. Right. So someone messaged me and said, please treat this as anonymous. As a Muslim and an immigrant entrepreneur be- trying to break into tech, I feel I better be apolitical in order not to decrease my already slim chances. This doesn't mean I have no political views. So for him, it's about in his public profile and his public right. life, he chooses to be apolitical. And I totally That's a lot of people. And don't get me wrong, I can understand why people are apathetic or disillusioned and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then someone else who's in France DM'd me and she said, I'm apolitical because I don't fit into any political movement in my country. Furthermore, I don't trust them and I don't feel represented. And she said, sometimes it's like their purpose and law are completely not linked with the reality. It's the same with feminism. I can't stand with women, can't stand women that would say hijab is oppression and took my faith as a drag to my liberty. What country? France. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's... Uh, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My overrated, but with the disclaimers and the nuance and the context. Selena, can I please have your three underrated? Okay, I haven't thought about them, but my first one is dreaming. (laughs) 
Are you sorry. okay? I'm sorry. Is it like? Are you going along the lines of like wishful thinking? <laughs> oh, I get it. I get how that come, came across. Okay, cool. So what I, I dream big. I daydream all the time. It's just, it's not good for you. Babe. No, it's not. It's good. It's good. She's saying it's underrated. Yeah, I um, know, yeah, but it's I, I underrated. Why? Out, out of interest, why do you think it's not good? I think for some people, it's a crippling form of escapism. They leave it in dream world. They turn it into this unattainable thing, especially because oh, they leave it for their escape, like their their I moments. See. Um, and also, it can it can be disastrous for your like attention span yeah. and your concentration. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think dreaming as a whole is like you know it's obviously very beautiful and it can take you where you want to go and la la la. So the reason why I wanted to touch upon dreaming, obviously, me and Nafisa have one life and we live through each other. Like she technically <laughs> has two kids and the rest of it, but she's doing this really cool thing with UCL. So I'm basically helping to teach one module lecture of a course. teach one module of a course mm. um, and part of that includes just observing and, and being able to help so the person it's leading more, the, the, the sessions is actually a theatre producer which is really interesting to begin with and obviously a lot of the exercises or the things that he gets people to do is quite creative so imagining um Imagining your idea, really getting out of the box and, you know, going... It's not conventional It's not conventional. And it was an interesting observation that Nafisa made that she felt like people were scared to utter their idea. Mm. And one thing that we do, or we did a lot, actually, in the early days of Mamalia, we would think about the what-ifs and the possibilities. And some of them did sound like they were impossible. Mm. Imagining the unexpected, you know... And I think sometimes you have to, there's a term that we use in homeschooling to unschool yourself Mm -hmm. because you can become so institutionalised through university, the education system, work, etc. that you become such a realist that you can't even imagine where your idea can go or where you can go in life. And we're scared to dream and therefore we're scared scared to imagine where our life could be. And it's sad I I feel like most people don't fulfil their potential in their life. Yeah. And I think sometimes, actually, start saying out things that sound absolutely ridiculous. Like, Like I I want Amalia to eventually have so many arms to it, like an education side where we actually raise people from a young age to, you know, equipping them for the world, to having a huge fund. Mm. You know, for millions of dollars where we can actually back... Bit, why do I say dollars? <laughs> millions of pounds. Yes, that millionaire mindset. The, Britain, we, uh, the millions of dollars. <laughs> millions of pounds where we can actually fund, help people, whether it's a degree they want to do, whatever it is. Yeah. But And I don't know if I sound crazy, but to the next person I might. Mm. What's wrong with that? Mm. No. What's wrong nothing. with dreaming to sound ridiculous? Because you will you will start trying to reach that in yeah. some way. And there also comes a point where we have to take ownership. Yeah. Mm. When you recognise those things. Yeah. yeah. When you recognise the system, the mm. your family, whatever it is, has yeah, has, take- has taken out that fire in you, then you need to light it mm. and you need to there are, there's a yeah. growth mindset, right? Sure. Yeah. And there are practical things that we can do mm-hmm. to get to that place. Mm. You know, like when me and Nafisa started, if you listen to episode one of the <laughs> podcast, when me and Nafisa started Amalia, Nafisa explained, like, you know, the brown paper project. She couldn't even think about putting a brown paper up on UCL where people would leave feedback. She couldn't even imagine that. Mm. 
to now we're imagining funds and projects mm. and initiatives and campaigns. It's mm. definitely something you nurture. It's something you nurture. And I think there's, you, like... And we, I could sit here and say, I haven't had the best education. Mm. I didn't do that well in my degree. I got a tutu. Shout out to everybody who got a tutu. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Um, I'm proud get of your it. benefits package. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Got E in science. No, let's not put that under my parents. Would be happy with that. But work um, hard at school, kids. Yeah, work do, hard. It, yeah. it opens up your doors. Yes, yeah, true. But you know, like I worked in Subway and Nando's back in the day. Same move. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, I, I think you know what? Not enough people know how to deep or accept. Mm. that no one else can do it for them. And yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. that is part of the dreamscape that we're living in, mm. is that we have this romantic approach to help and yeah. self-growth, and it's usually because of the intervention of some heroic figure. And I, I think part of it is like, yes, if you have had childhood trauma or you there are certain things that were said to you or whatever it is, there comes a point in your life where you have to take ownership of unpicking that mm. and just, just moving forward because no one's going to push you no forward. No one's going to do it for And you. it's not easy. Like, you know, it's not easy to first admit, you know, what I've experienced, X, Y, Z. Mm. And then secondly, trying to navigate. So what type of help do I need? Yeah. Is mm. it something I can actually just reconcile myself? Yeah. Or do I need to go to counselling or therapy mm. or whatever it is, right? It's it's not easy, mm. but there is there's a journey. There is a road. Mm. And I think it's about just starting that. So I, one thing I do with Selena is um, that if we have a dream, I say bigger it. And basically like, okay, that's where you're coming in. What's, what's even further than that? Like push yourself to think even, even higher, even further. And again, it just helps to stretch your mind, stretch your imagination and just keep pushing towards like, how do I just have no caps? Mm. So the next thing uh, I think is underrated is consistency and I want to apply it to something. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did a talk the other day. I hate doing talks, but thank you Hatch Enterprises for allowing me to do the talk and big up to Deborah for inviting me to do the talk. And um, someone asked me for some advice and, oh no, they asked me where I wanted to be in five years' time. You know, that, that question. Mm. And I, I said, you know, I could say loads of different things from I want a fund to this, to a project, to whatever it is. And I said, I still want to be in the game. Mm. And it's something that me and Nafisa say to each other a lot. Like, you know, on one side I'm saying dream, but on the other side as well, it's important to have consistency. Mm. Like, in five years' time, I still want to be in the game. Mm. I still want Amalia to exist because... And that comes through consistency, mm. every single day turning up, every single day pushing out content, every single day pushing up, pushing the bar, every single just every single day just doing a little bit, mm. and that is being consistent. And sometimes that is really underrated. Like when people say, oh, so "How glamorous. did you? Yeah, how yeah. did you get so far?" Like they think this is a secret thing, or yeah. we had some secret help, or whatever it is. And it was like consistency. Yeah. And just turning up every single day. Some days not turning up, you know, it's, it's hard. But just being consistent, and I wanted to apply that in the context of the Quran. Mm. So in terms of, I started giving myself an excuse in terms of the Quran. I'm going to tie this up with my overrated, is I can't, it's all or nothing. I have to, you know... Do the course. You know, I have to get into my house. You know, the kids are asleep. Do my wudu, light a candle, sitting in my Quran spot, cushions, surround, you know, and then read the Quran, have a notebook, doing my uh, analysis, pulling out the words I don't know, then do my research. And it became the impossible. Mm. And I thought, you know what? I just need to be consistent. Yeah. And the last Ramadan that went, we went to, alhamdulillah, we made umrah, and 
you end up being consistent in things you never realised you would. And every single day, without fail, like, you know, you, you, I'm hearing my mum reciting Quran because you've got that whole, I, wanna, I want to finish the Quran in 30 days. Mm. What that um, actually nurtures is consistency. Mm. Yeah. It's an intensive boot camp, isn't intensive it? Intensive boot camp and every single day reading a little bit of the Quran. And my Arabic's really slow. And before Ramadan started, I tried to improve it. But I I realised, like, I'm not going to finish the Qur'an because my Qur'an is slow, but I can interact with the Qur'an every single day. Mm. And in terms of consistency, that interaction can look different. Mm. So one might be I read the transliteration, mm. the next I might be reading the Arabic, the next the commentary, the next I might look at the the common words, the next I might look at the Sahaba stories, or I might look at the themes. There's different ways to interact with the Qur'an. Mm. And if you are struggling with consistency, maybe that's a way to do it. If you're struggling to just read the Arabic day in, day out, yeah, interact with it in different ways. Recite it in your head. That's mm-hmm. still, that's a touch point. You know, today I'm just going to recite Fatiha, listen to it mm-hmm. and recite it and improve my recitation. That mm-hmm. is one interaction done today. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I'm just going to read the commentary. Mm-hmm. And I have an app on my phone. My app is uh, Quran Explorer. Does everyone use Quran Explorer? No. And I read it on the train as well. I, you know, in terms of perfect conditions as well. You know, we had a, a... Sometimes you don't have reception on the train, mm. but the app that you can actually access is your Quran. So I'll spend a little bit of time, even if it's one I am. And it's got me to a place of consistency. I'm not doing loads, but I'm reading something. Yeah. And it's better than nothing. Oh, my God, yeah. So I think consistency is hugely underrated. For everything in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the Quran is everything. so important. Ten minutes of exercise is better than nothing. Yeah. Um, the next one. Now, I haven't formed this idea properly. It's a concept. You know what? The, the Quran touch points one. I might do an article. Mm-hmm. The different ways to interact with the Quran. Watch that space. Um, my next one is, I've written family, responsibility to your family. And what I mean out here is sometimes we're out here shunning our family and moving like some of the people, our friends, our family. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't get it. Say it again. Okay. So sometimes we have our family, right? They've mm. been with us through thick and thin. Mm. Some Not, sometimes some, some people's... Like... Without going too much into detail, like our family, you know, we've had our fair share of yeah, ups yeah. and downs, whatever. There was a period I didn't speak to my parents, whatever it might be. And um, you have sometimes we value other relationships in our life more than those who have looked after us. Mm. And just just bear with me. And sometimes we don't value what's right in front of us mm. and it, it came from a space where I went to a space recently no it it comes from a point where you know sometimes you want to be friends with someone mm. and like oh, I wish you know I want to be friends I think we'd really get along yeah and there's this somebody else that re- is is feeling the same thing about you mm. like I really want to be friends with that person mm. and you're out here like I want to be friends with that person and there's this <laughs> click here there's this person yeah. that wants to be mates with you and you're not even paying them attention. Mm. And sometimes I think we do that to our, fr- oh, our right. family. So showing up more for your friends than you do for your family, mm. yeah. basically. Okay. And you know, your family, they want to spend time with you and they want to be with you as well. But And sometimes we don't do that. We take other people mm. um, in their place. And when shit hits the fan, sorry, when um, I say shit a lot. Um, it's because I don't classify shit as a swear word. And I can't believe this is the <laughs> I last think, podcast. I don't think you're wrong. But <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. When you things, know what? When I think of shit, I think of poo. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> wonderful. 
um, when things get bad, actually, your your family fundamentally. So gonna making the pot shake. <laughs> <laughs> at the crux of it, your family are the ones that are going to feed and clothe you. Mm. Like you know, it, depending on your age and whatever it is, your friends see you in your more, more polished moments. You know, yet you can bring your broken self to your friends. I get that some of us have, you know, me and Nafisa in terms of our family in the UK is mum, dad, Nafisa, me and our our third sister. And now our kids, that's it. We don't have any more family in here. So, yeah, our friends have become family. But all because we don't have that many doesn't mean our family is not important. And I think it's an age thing as well. We go through a, a point in our lives where we shun our families a little bit, like, mm. I can't explain. Um, I think it's about knowing that perhaps those dysfunctions can never be erased, but always putting in the effort mm. to, to try. Exactly. Because your friends will show up for you more than your family sometimes. Some people's families are peak. And your friends will see you through your broken moments and, and they'll see you in more states than your family ever would. But it depends, though. But that's the set. Just, just in some cases. Yeah, it, it just depends in some, in some cases. And I think, like, with with your family whether you've got the ideal scenario or you don't as long as you're trying to create or mm. trying to nurture something that um, in an ideal world would be that solid unit for you is probably the best thing that you can make out of that situation like, I, right? I think this goes back to podcast five um, when Nafisa raised immigrant parent trauma yeah. mm. and I think what I'm trying to say is give them a chance mm. Give them a chance. <laughs> like two episodes in a row, we're just like, give your parents a blind man. <laughs> give them a chance. I think that's what it is. You know, sometimes you have to give a chance for people to love, recognise and be there for you. Yeah. Because sometimes we come from broken homes. We think those people can't be there for us or mm. because they haven't been there for us, we don't even give them a chance to love. And also, I, I think part of it is if you have been able to recognise it, and you have been able to recognise that it's a deficiency of sorts, mm. it is now upon you to help facilitate them being able to do that. And the same way we were just talking about facilitating thinking, dreaming, it's about how do you facilitate helping them love you? Mm. I really, really, really enjoyed your underrated. Um, All right, Naf, can I have your three underrated? I feel please? like my first underrated like, piles it on a bit. Because oh, you know. I feel like this one's been a very like personal development mm. I love it. One. <laughs> My first underrated is managing your mental health. Oh, It's an investment. I don't know how you're going to come with it. I'm going there. Right. Let me just get my notes up. It has to be sensitively talked about. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sensitive. And this is the thing, right, guys. I just want to give my... I'll be sensitive. <laughs> this is the thing. Just just behave, isn't it? Don't don't take anything we say out of context. Go onto Twitter and write your threads. Just behave. Just be adults. Do you know what you just, can? Everyone's free to do yeah, what they Yeah, but want. don't come at 100... Start. But are you gonna come at a hundred? If you come at me a hundred, I'm coming to you at two hundred. <laughs> All right. Just know that. But you know, just know that nothing we say comes from a point of malice. Mm. We're just helping everybody, including ourselves, to live our best lives. Right. So managing your mental health. So I feel like this is gonna be a workshop. <laughs> I feel like uh, the conversation around mental health has like really increased right everyone's talking about it we had mental health awareness day everyone spoke about it and i realized that the reason why so many people talk about it is because it so many people have lived experiences it doesn't require you to be an expert to speak on the topic right and i feel like what's happening over the past few years is that it's just opened up the conversation for people to get a lot more honest and also feel validated and be like you know what 
I have anxiety or I have this or I'm going through this and it's made it a lot more accessible it's meant people aren't feeling like it's something to be shameful of and blah 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 however I feel like we aren't talking about managing it because I I personally think most people sit in the middle part of the spectrum where you can manage what it is that you're going through and again nuances disclaimers I'm not talking about people who are in those trauma yeah yeah I'm not talking about that but I'm talking about the fact that things do affect people in different ways yeah, yeah and I'm talking about the fact that um majority of people go through anxiety yeah I feel really? like that. Yeah, I, I feel I like agree, in this day and age, everyone has some sort of level. But and I don't think a lot of people realize. What yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't feel like people are doing enough to manage it. And I say manage it because I know if I don't go to gym, if I eat really crap, if I consistently sleep late, if I don't delete social media every now and then, if I don't go for walks every now and then, if I don't nurture my relationship with Allah, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't do this list of things, I see myself change. I see myself finding things harder. I see myself like mentally struggling. I see these changes and I know what my checks are mm. to do that. Like right now, my eye is twitching. My <laughs> eye has been twitching for two weeks. You're not sleeping. Because I'm sleeping late. I had to delete social media. Mm. I haven't been to the gym. I've been eating all right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is I've learned to read myself. Yeah. I know right now I'm out of sync with mm. my normal self. Right. But I also recognise that I've put myself out of sync. I'm not. I brush my hair after three weeks. <laughs> I recognise that I've put myself out of sync because I've taken away some of the checks. Mm. Are you going to the gym, right? Mm. And... I think I I just don't know why people think if they tweet about mental health that the mental health fairy is going to come and help them. Isn't it a cry for help? Yeah, but Shilu, like you, <laughs> I never say. Oh, it's that it's that fine line, isn't it? No one can help you if you're not helping yourself. And again, I know this is an incredibly sensitive topic, and I know that some people don't fall into this conversation. Mm. But I'm talking about if you are not deleting your social media every now and then, I can tell you now you're going to have anxiety. I can tell you now, you probably are going through things, you're probably in a dark place, da 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 da. Because let's be real, we all know social media doesn't fully always help us, Hmm. right? If you have anxiety, if you uh, frequently get jealous, if you frequently, it's true, Mm. if you, you know, it does manifest if you frequently start to feel like you need to uh, up your pace in terms of the way you're moving in life. Mm. Social media is not for you. One of my friends, she's actually said to herself, social media is not for me and my nafs. In terms of managing it as well, like I, I unfollow people. Mm. I unfollow if I, there's things I don't want to see or hear consistently. Then mm. I unfollow those people, and I follow better mm. or c- accounts I do want to engage with. Sorry, a- accounts I do want to engage with, and it's that whole thing. Manage it. Yeah, mm. it's also I think like in the real world, like when I say sorry, manage it. I'm that sounded harsh. What? Manage your inter your your relationship with social media, and even even things like in the real world, like. If there are people in your life that you just don't feel good around or, like, once you've left the interaction, like... What did you actually... Yeah, like, it's time to take that responsibility and say, do you know what? I'm not going to interact with them. (laughs) What is this today? Oh, maybe your prisoners escaped. (laughs) I'm not joking. Wellman Scrubs is there. Yeah, it goes for, like, also in life relationships. Like, if there are certain friends or people that... 
you know, you meet them and they make you feel away or like you, you leave and, you know, you're you're left with a vibe that you can't quite put your finger on what happened. I stopped, I cut those Just relationships. Because like, I used to be in a situation where, like, there was a certain friends group and they wanted to meet and I didn't want to meet, right? But I was doing that thing where I was like, you know what, if I just meet them, then I can tick the box to, so they, I don't get that message saying, hey, stranger, you know? <sighs> and then I came to a point where I was like, why am I taking this on? Like, my time is my time and I get to choose Why did you want to meet with them? Because they didn't make me feel good. Why? Because they would make, like, sly comments. Like, I didn't want to talk about Amali in front of them. They would, like, why? they put it down and all those little, you know, there's, like, micro little things, right? Where, like... Sometimes it's not even that that person's coming to you with malice. It's just other things that they're trying to sort oh, out yeah, and yeah. it's like being mm. projected onto you. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to take that projection. I, I don't actually need to be a punch bag. Yeah, I yeah. don't. And so I just started saying no. Like if they were like, do you want to meet? No, sorry, I can't do that. Do you want to give us a date that you can meet? No. I'm not free. Yeah. Like I'm not, I don't want to meet. Mm. And I, for a long time, I was in this space where I was meeting people so that I could say that I've met them so I wouldn't get that, that, text and then you're done for three months yeah 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 Yeah. and you're like i've done my quota for the for the quarter right and it's actually my time is my time i don't need to go around me i'm i'm hardly being able to meet the people i want to meet honestly guys if you just put some time into researching what anxiety looks and feels like Mm. because i guarantee i don't even know what the stats are but we're all suffering with a form of it and that it manifests in things just like even having like nausea and you don't even mm. I remember like going around thinking oh I feel sick I feel sick I had a friend one time she was like you say I feel sick all the time but I mm. was you know it wasn't like a it was just so natural you know mm-hmm. and and then when I did like a little bit of digging I was like well it's not normal to feel like yeah. you're going to throw up all the time yeah, and, and find what the triggers were oh oh yeah like I know now but the the thing is these are all things that on the surface, I thought, yeah, I can manage mm. them. But it's like, hold on, why am I managing yeah. it? Is that, What's the root of Right, it? Yeah. like, why is it that I'm just out having a normal day and yeah. I'm feeling, like, sick? So it's about, you know, really, like, sitting down with yourself and unpacking it, not to not to sit and dwell. Be in your head. It's more about identifying what it is and then managing it because you're human yeah. and these things are going to happen, that you're yeah. going to have an ebb and flow of anxiety and you know being it's in knowing a, how to manage it because exactly. like i've i've spoken to so many freelancers and people who work from home like oh my god when i when we first started amalia we would work from home all the time yeah. right mm. i'm someone who i can easily spend three weeks end to end at home and not leave the house once yeah do you, do you how do you do it at home though do you stay in your bed do you do like i'll sit downstairs right <laughs> solidly yeah. i'll just yeah. sit there and i'll just work, 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 work but that's managing it right yeah but but so when we started amalia mm. I realised that I was sitting at home for three weeks, working, 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 enjoying my work, liking what I do. Yeah. And then I realised that I wasn't actually going out. Mm. And then what started happening is that started manifesting into if I was invited to an event at the last minute, I'd be like, I can't, I can't go out. I'm nowhere near ready. Yeah, I'm nowhere near. Like I can't. And then I remember one day I walked to like the supermarket at the top of my road. I felt like an outpatient. <laughs> I felt like I was like, wow, this air. And I felt like an outpatient. Yeah. And then also I started becoming flaky. Yeah. Because like I was just like, no, I don't want to do it. That's I don't want to. I don't want to leave. Yeah. And I've spoken and since then. Like I've spoken to so many people. Like when I speak to creatives and freelancers or people working from home. Like, are you all right? Yeah. Because I can tell. I can tell oh that they're God. not all right. They're not you've in been a good, there. Yeah, they're not in a good space. Like one, of, And I said to one of my friends, she was, like, talking to me, and she was like, you know, I just need to, like, get an office. And yeah. I was like, why? 
And then she was explaining to me because I'm having these feelings. And again, that's an example yeah. of where it can be managed. Yeah, it's yeah. things like having a structure to your day. If now, if I'm working from home, mm. I make sure my lunch is out. Mm. So I have to leave the house. I have to get ready. There's, an, there's I know two other things that I do now as well. It's no matter what, get dressed. Because mm. it's really easy. Uh, like, they go hand in hand. Like yeah. So even I've got habits that carry over from school, which mm. is like working in my bed. Yeah. And... I swear to God, for months on end, I couldn't, I can't like have a good night's sleep in my bed. Yeah, even my, that, if my laptop, lack of separation. If my laptop is nowhere near me, I still can't sleep in my bed because there's an association that yeah. is yeah. work. Yeah. So like I've taken even, and I mentioned this to you guys to you, and I know a lot of people might find this weird, but I even took all of my books. Mm. I've got like a whole wall of books. I took them all out because mm. it's noise. Like, mm. and it that's just for me personally, but like. It took me a long time to get to a stage where I was managing mm. a space yeah. like that. My mum would come in, she was like, rooms, bedrooms, self for sleeping. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Everything else out. Yeah, so yeah. just zoning. And like. it's it's, the, it's, it's no, realising that you can manage it. Yeah. You know, like... You, you know, I realise my laptop doesn't come upstairs. Yeah. That's good. My laptop doesn't step foot in my room yeah. and my laptop doesn't come upstairs. Should be boundaries. When it does, it'll be in a spare room mm. at three o'clock in the morning mm. where I can't sleep. Mm. And that yeah. says something in itself. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like this is really relevant. Also, like, for people that are graduating and you're in that mm. space where you're still looking for a job and you're spending a lot of time at home, yeah. get out, get just go for a walk, go to things, do things, da, da, da. Like, don't let it become your defining thing because you're not putting in the right checks into yeah. your life. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I just want everybody to feel good. My second underrated, and I'm sorry if I say it wrong... Um, is the plight of Uyghur Muslims. No, I was going to say, yeah. Um, I wanted to... I, I kind of don't want to say too much about it, but I just kind of wanted to use the podcast as a way to just help more people know about it because I'm also in that situation where I don't really know what else to do beyond making people aware of what's happening. Mm. Sarah, I feel like your best place to tell the audience. Really? You wrote the article. They are an ethnic minority in China that practice the religion of Islam. They have been um, under fire from the Chinese government. A lot of their practices defy a strict Chinese policy on assimilation. And because of that, children and adults are being separated uh, from each other um, and put into these re-education camps um, under the authority of the Chinese government. There's been reports of things like they're being forced to marry non-Muslims, um, they're being told to not keep beards, uh, they're being forced to eat pork in Ramadan, they're stopped from fasting. And it, it just is, like, really horrific. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just really horrific. And I, I just feel like there is always more people that can know about it. Mm. And part of me has that like, oh, but what? how does that help them? But the other part is that, that hadith of like, do what you can, right? If you hate it with your heart, hate it with your your tongue or, or with your hands. Um, so the Atlantic actually did an article on it and it said China is treating Islam like a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, do do your research. There is a video on Amalia. There is an article on Amalia. There is uh, news outlets. Can you outlets. spell it? Because actually it's quite... So if you want to research it's spelled it. in different ways. So, so the, the main, most common spelling. the ma- most common spelling is U Y G H U R. You can also find 
U I G H U R as well. And if if there is anyone listening to this that feels like they could, they were they are closer to the subject or they can can kind of get um, a deeper insight to to help give everyone a, a better window into the situation, both in terms of what's happening on the ground, how we could help, what can be done. Please do get in touch. And it can be anonymous as well. Yeah, of I course. know people who have family who are affected. But I think people are quite scared to come forward, understandably. Um, but we're happy to protect your identity. Mm. That's my second underrated. So my third one is our disconnect with fast. F- our disconnect to the effects of fast fashion. Mm-hmm. So I say this because. Yeah. I say this because. I'm just quite disappointed in myself at how disconnected I am with the fact that me purchasing and indulging in fast fashion has real world repercussions for a woman across the world in a factory making that garment. And, you know, I, I don't feel like there's a lack of information. I feel like the information is out there. We see the horror stories. There's a retailer where, like, little messages of help were being sewn into the clothes. And, like, we see it. We've seen, like, the Bangladesh clothes factory that collapsed. And I just out- cried today. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we saw all of that. And I, I, I still feel like we are so disconnected from the effects of fast fashion. And I'm not quite sure why. And I, I just, I just don't understand why we feel like this entitlement to buy these clothes at the cost of someone's life in mm. many cases, um, or at the cost of someone's quality of life. It's convenience. Yeah, and you it's know, liberalism, isn't it? <laughs> and you know, my thing has been this year just trying to buy less and buy slower and buy timeless and. You know, if I am buying something, it's something I'm going to wear for the next few winters, not just one winter, not just for one season or one trend. And last podcast, I did talk about how fashion trends were overrated because you're running to this drum of a beat of like moving really fast. Um, Yeah, I just I'm just quite disappointed because I'm like, I I know like it's not like I don't know. I, I know, but it just there feels this disconnect. And I'm like, is that because you know if that factory was down the road right. would i feel more of a connect and be like i'd be that person campaigning outside the factory probably not because i feel like the way that we run here is that or we're easily desensitized i don't know if that's a bit of a general sweeping statement but it definitely is a factor like mm. i mean because we still know it's happening i reckon we would be desensitized if it was the norm to have but a factory again, on I, every I just corner feel like it's not good enough to say we're desensitized no that's, no i, it's not I disagree i disagree well, because you see the vegan movement right yeah is based for some people on no harm to animals, right? Yeah. The ethical side of it. The some ethical side of it, health. we don't. And some people, it is uh, health, right? right? In terms of fashion, mm. yeah. Why do we not value human life? Because it's not your own human life. But it's not my animal. <laughs> I'm, but I'm taking it down very basic on a basic level, but people died in Rana Plaza. People died for your five ninety nine top, right? And then I think about it on a smaller scale, right? In the startup spaces that we go to, mm. 
an animal is valued over a child. So many workplaces are more inclusive of dogs than they are of humans. Well, like startup con- spaces. Yeah. So a lot of startup spaces, you can bring your dog to work and stuff like that. But the moment a child is seen, it's like there's n- it's not facilitated things, architecturally. Yeah. They're not facilitated for like they're not even thought about. They and have to squash into society. Inclusion. This mm. is my psychological evaluation of the situation. Come yeah. with it. Sarah. This is my two cents. <laughs> I personally believe that on some level, human beings hold other human beings accountable and they don't hold animals as accountable we on a mm. really subconscious hate, level hold yeah. human beings accountable for the financial situation and that is the capitalist like yeah yeah innate uh, capitalist thing mm. within us where we're like if we see people in those positions it's their fault because some people do say oh but them working in the factory gives them the livelihood and if we and we come with that imperialist mindset and yeah like even you know someone in our family I've given away that who's in our family in the UK but anyway somebody was saying that you know there's a lot of women for example who now have economic freedom but with that they have they're enslaved into the system who was that article our our feminism and Uh, very good point, Nafisa. <laughs> <laughs> like I just and this is the thing because it's such a cheap purchase. It's like two ninety nine. You're like, oh, it's only two ninety nine. That's the thing. I think it's the over the overabundance of of things that we're not taking accountability for. Like it it can branch off into so many areas, even yeah. in terms of like how we're treating the planet and mm. you know what our consumer choices are doing there. And I think another touch point could be taking on something, learning how to make your own clothes. I know that that seems... Don't tell them about your learning, about your your, uh, collections. Do I have collections? Yeah, you do. I have a few things. Sarah makes all her clothes, guys. Nah, man, not all (laughs) my clothes. Sarah's a fashion designer. I try to... I try to... And don't edit this out the podcast. Uh, but I, d- I can't say that with my chest. Because I'm not a fashion designer. Uh, what so do, what do you do? What do you do? Do you make your own clothes? Okay, I've made a few of my own clothes. Were you your first client? Right, cool. So what much. would you call yourself? I would say that I am a tailor in the making. Okay, no, Sarah is a, uh, uh, nah, a tailor in the making. I, I think per- like that decision was born out of... A necessity on my part to find things that I feel are suitable for me, but also a consciousness about, um, like, I was actually talking to somebody about this and he turned around to me and said something so crazy. He was like, clothing is from Allah, like it's divine. It There is so much attached to it. Mm. There's so much strength in it. And it really, like, it really impacted the way that I look at what I put on my back. And I mean, take expression out of it. Hateful again. way to see it. Because like, I was even thinking one day I was praying... And I was like, has my prayer map been made in a sweatshop? <sighs> like, really, yeah. like, has it been made in a sweatshop? And I'm sitting here praising Lord on my sweatshop prayer map. Yeah. Mm. That's a problem. Yeah. That is a problem, <laughs> yeah. Like, And it goes for our clothes as well. Mm. Thank you guys for this episode. Thank you to White City Pod for having us again. And do you guys have anything to say? Any last words? people benefit from the podcast amen please do keep sending us your comments mm. suggestions anything else mm. you want to see because it does make a huge difference Massive. and i just want to say Allah, i'm really cheesy but i'm going to be even more cheesy now we see you as our sisters and when we sit in the podcast we're sitting here wondering based on things that we've seen online offline how can we help you and how can we help ourselves? Like some of it is a therapy of things that we've gone through mm. and we want to share that knowledge. And we also want to learn because off the ba- back of this, you know, inshallah, I hope to learn more about ethical clothing. 
I hope to learn more about mental health services available to us and, and so forth. So, you know, please understand that the things that come from us, they do come from a good place. Um, I know sometimes they're difficult to hear. Um, and thank you so much. Thank you. Alhamdulillah. Hey everyone, Iman Yusuf here from London. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amalia Voices. We'd love to get your feedback, so if you want to get in touch or read out next episode's credits, hit us up at contribute at amalia.com. We've also got a spot open for those of you who want to submit your own voices to Amalia and tell us what you really took away, liked or took away from this episode. You can also find us on Instagram at amalia underscore com and on Twitter at amalia underscore tweets. This episode was hosted and produced by Sarah Amin and we'd like to thank Mr. Harry Hitchens for helping us out with equipment and Mario Saad for music. Like, share and subscribe and we'll see you on the next one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.